Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tech Savvy Professor podcast, two faculty who love tech and love to make it a part of their work. Uh, I'm Dr. Eric Perry, and I'd like to introduce my co-host, Dr. Marty Jensius. How are you doing today, I, Marty? Oh, I'm doing well. It's been, for both of us, it's been a crazy couple of weeks because we have been busy with other projects, which has kind of delayed this podcast coming out. You uh, go ahead and talk about what you've been working with. Right. Well, I, I've been working on uh, developing the new ACES website. ACES is our uh, professional counselor education association. So that that web development has been pretty much eating up a, a good portion of my time in, in addition to my academic duties, uh, particularly coming close to the end of the development. So in, in the last of the testing and, and deployment phases were over the last two weeks. Uh, really happy with uh, how things have turned out, but it's eaten a whole lot of time. Uh, hence us being a little bit late coming uh, out with this next show. Uh, but I'm, I'm pretty excited about the topic that we have for today. It's, it's something that is a regular ask from colleagues and, and friends of mine, and, and that's uh, screencasting, right, and recording. So I'm really excited to talk about this one. I have, uh, I, I have, I use this occasionally. I use screencasting and screen recording occasionally. Um, so it took me some digging to kind of find the apps that I used. Some of them have changed. And so I'm interesting to see, interested to see what you come up with. Yeah, I mean, I, I, for me, it's something I do all the time. I, I record at least a couple of videos a day, um, everything from lectures to meetings with students and uh, even feedback. I'll, I'll go through a paper and, and have written feedback and, and walk through that with students sharing my screen. Um, so I'll, I want to start with my favorite first, and it's Screencast-O-Matic. Uh, it's free. Uh, it allows you 15 minutes, and you can share your screen. Uh, you can share your video. So uh, you can put yourself down in the bottom corner, uh, and it lets you pick which corner you want. And you share your audio, and it also shows your cursor. Uh, and there's a couple of different options that you can use for that. What I like so much about it, uh, it's watermarked, but it's not really noticeable. Uh, the 15 minute limit really doesn't get in my way much because I'm not recording uh, a ton with it. Um, but there's also no big download and there's no ads running at the same time, which with a lot of these free uh, and open source tools, you'll find there's either ads, huge watermarks, uh, or it's it's this not big download, but kind of intrusive download you have to place on your computer. This one you do... Uh, right from the site, um, it records and it saves in a lot of really great file formats. Uh, so that's really my favorite one. Um, it's really, really easy to use. I've used Screencast-O-Matic before when I've worked with uh, large groups trying to teach some technology. I've shown them Screencast-O-Matic. It's an easy interface. People can remember the name so they can always find it. It's a web-based interface. And you know, when you talk about the 15-minute uh, limit on it, I don't know too many situations that I've come across where I've needed it for more than five or 10 minutes. What I'm doing is primarily little short training videos, and you don't, I think from a teaching standpoint, you probably know this better than I, you really don't want to have long instructional videos. It's, it's better to cut them up into smaller pieces. Right. No, you're absolutely right about that. And most of the literature around curriculum design uh, for online courses uh, and, and even for trainings don't want you to go over that 15 minute point just because uh, keeping attention and interactivity in mind, if you want to keep your learner engaged, 
uh, this 15 minute limit kind of helps you set a good boundary. Uh, there is a premium service that you can pay for for longer recordings. Um, but I generally, I haven't found an instance where I needed more than that 15 minutes. Another one I, I wanted to talk about is OBS Studio. Uh, it's really popular. It's compatible with Windows, Mac, Linux, um, and it's an open source software. So it, it's it's pretty popular for that reason. It's it's pretty well updated. I haven't used it in a while, to be honest, but it's it was one of my first um, kind of forays into this. I started out with OBS Studio. Another one I wanted to mention is... Um, it's, it's kind of fun to say it's a little whimsical. It's Webinaria. The only problem that I have with it is that uh, it's primarily AVI and FLC files that you can save these videos as, and that can create some issues. Uh, AVI files can be really large um, and they can be problematic in terms of compatibility. So depending on where you want to put those videos, it can be an issue. Works fine for YouTube. Um, so you can use it that way, um, but it, it's a, a nice, easy tool to use. EasyVid is another one that you can check out. It's it's pretty um, pretty straightforward. I don't like that I have to download the software and put it on my computer. I don't like the ads that come along with it, but it is a free tool. Um, same with Flashback Express. Uh, so that's another one that you can use. Um, the free trial version lets you do, I think, 10 minutes. Um, there's a ton of editing tools, but it's not quite as user-friendly as I would like. Um, but all of those I tested and kind of played around with this week, just working on different projects. And, and they all seem to work well on the Windows platform. You know, um, you've named three or four there I have not heard of. Uh, we did not discuss before the show which ones we're, gonna, we're going to talk about today. And uh, I'm surprised that that you came up with a few that besides Screencast-O-Matic, we had both heard about, but these uh, last three or four are new to me. Are they only Windows-based or Chrome-based or Android? Well, OBS is compatible with all three. So Windows, Mac, and Linux. I believe that EasyVid is uh, Windows and Mac compatible as well. I'd have to check in that uh, in on that, but I believe Webinaria and Flashback Express are, are Windows only. Well, for desktops, uh, just doing the Mac thing, but I think these are at least the first two I know are uh, both uh, compatible with Windows. Jing, have you ever used Jing? No, that's a new one for me. Okay, um, interesting program. It uh, is... You open it up, you have to load it. I think it's from TechSmith, if I remember correctly, but what it does is it creates a little uh, menu up in the upper right-hand corner of your screen and allows you to do a variety of things. Um, You can do a screen grab. You can also, most importantly, shoot video. And there's a limit on the video that you can do with that, but uh, it it will stay resident on your screen and you can go up and grab it and activate it whenever you need to. Again, the video you can either store or download and downloading it often means that you're going to have to do some conversion if you want to put it on a website because the the size, the actual size of the video, but you're limited in length of time that you can do a very popular Jing, J-I-N-G, and uh, you can Google that. We'll have, of course, all of these links 
on the website. The other one is Camtasia. Have you heard or worked of with Camtasia? It's a little bit more high end. Yeah. So I, I thought about talking about Camtasia a little bit. I, I used it uh, prior when I would develop with uh, the Adobe suite um, because it, it works really well with uh, developing synchronous courses and synchronous trainings and those types of things. There's just a ton that you can do with it. Um, you know, it, you, there's even a little bit of interactivity worked into the paid version. There's a free trial version and then there's a paid version and you can actually work in some user actions uh, for use on, on an LMS, on a learning management system like Desire to Learn or Blackboard. Camtasia gets a little bit, it, it can get a little bit intricate, I think especially for those quick hit type videos that you might be looking to do, but it, it is the higher end tool for this. Uh, and, and I've only used it in an instructional design capacity. I haven't used it as an educator, so it would be fantastic to have access to. And, and I'll have to look in to see what the pricing looks like now. It used to be pretty pretty cost prohibitive. Yeah, it, it was pretty pricey. And then I just noticed our university has it as a software for faculty to be able to download and use. So we have a site license where I work, and that has been uh, helpful in terms of using Camtasia. A lot of people are, are it has both Mac and Windows. And so uh, a lot of people are using it more so on campus. I always thought it was kind of high end for what I needed to do. If I just needed a two or three minute video to demonstrate how to do something that I could share with a student or with a class that I have is like, this is how you upload this file on this platform. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think it's really neat if you have the time. Uh, there's so much you can throw into it. And I was looking at the website as you were talking and, and the education pricing is 169 for a single license. Um, and, you know, it's funny, it doesn't say whether that's an annual or not, but I'm assuming that's an annual uh, rate. And, and it was great for something that, that you want that extra flexibility design. You know, you can draw on things and uh, add even a little bit of interactivity, like I said, and have a user click a button to continue or things like that. So it, it works really well if you're going to develop something a little bit more in, intricate, uh, particularly for asynchronous learning or something like that. Similar to Camtasia, uh, I had mentioned SetApp uh, in the last uh, show that we did and how it's available with lots of different apps on it. Uh, instead of getting Camtasia, I downloaded uh, Capto, which is an app that's in the SetApp suite. And it acts very similar to all the capabilities that you would have with Camtasia. Um, so that's an option if you're into the uh, SetApp suite in order to do screen recording. Frankly, a lot of this is new to me because the program that I used all the time with Mac was I Show You HD. And I Show You HD has gone through some changes and now has blended into sort of a uh, app type function. And it, it just is a little bit, I've had problems with it uh, myself. Uh, and I might go back and look at it again. Uh, also an expensive, uh, relatively expensive piece of equipment or software when you consider the ones that I've already mentioned in terms of Jing, uh, Camtasia, if you have a university site license, or Capto, if you're using SetApp. And, and Capto is is just, uh, just Mac only, right? 
Yeah, I believe so. Um, I, you know, I, I found it through Setapp, and so I assume that's a suite that is only Mac. Yeah, it looks like that. Now I'm, I'm taking a look, but again, it does look like it has more of those features that you would have, uh, like Camtasia would have. So you can do some some sharing, some drawing and image editing and annotations and things like that, uh, in addition to the screen and web capture. So yeah, that's that's great. Thanks for sharing, Marty. I'm I'm actually using that as uh, Capto as a image editor, um, just as I'm creating logos for the various uh, podcasts that we're doing. It just works as an easy image editor for me. So that's how I first got it, and then noticed that it has all of these different uh, screen capture capabilities, video capture. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, I was I was taking a look at the the layout and some of the tutorials and things that they have related to Capto. Um, and it does look like it's, it, it could be a kind of quick uh, image capture and edit program as well. And I think that's something we miss out a lot on with, with some of these other services is that it really is just screen grab audio, you know, it, it's just that capture software. We don't have a whole lot of flexibility with editing. You know, screencast-o-matic is great that way. You know, you get your kind of no frills recording, not a whole lot of wiggle room for editing there. If you want to do that, you really have to save the file and pull it into something else. So I think that's that that may be what separates some of these higher end services too, uh, like Camtasia and Capto, is that you have the ability to go in, make some edits, and, and do some other you know pretty interesting and useful things. Well, I hope I don't throw a curve at you with this one, but um, I looked also at screen grab software, basically uh, getting still images from desktops. And from the Mac end, uh, there is an app called CleanShot, which uh, works pretty well. Mac always used to have a utility called Grab, which was a little app in the utility folder so if you're on previous versions of, of the OS, um, if you're not on Mojave, but if you're on previous versions of the OS, um, you can go in your utilities folder and find a little app called Grab, and that will do, uh, you know, you can do a window, you can do the whole screen, or you can select where you want to grab a shot from whatever's on your screen. Now, with Mojave, what they've done is they've built it right into uh, the operating system. Very interesting. If you're running Mojave on a desktop or a laptop, all you have to do is press Command, Shift, and the number four, and it will give you a pop-up little uh, crosshair that you can then drag across whatever you want as you hold the, the click and drag it. It will, it will make a still shot of whatever you uh, cover the area with. The, the interesting part of that is it automatically then opens that up in a image editor. So if you want to do some things with the image edit. So they're, they're, they've really integrated what I used to love grab, but now I'm, I'm trying to get to remember each time the key commands, command, shift, and then the number four will give you that pop-up in order to do the screen capture with it on uh, Mac OS Mojave. Yeah, in Windows, it sounds like it's it's pretty akin to the snipping tool that is available on Windows. And, you know, you have your, your print screen button 
right? Which either is a, a key on its own on your keyboard, or you have to hit a, you know, a command or a function button and then uh, hit that print screen button and it will capture your entire screen. Something I always ran into, cause I, I use multiple monitors. So it, that screen capture would grab both monitors and generally I only wanted an image from one screen. Uh, so there, there are some quick, uh, quick keys that will help you with that. Uh, the snipping tool is a little bit more specific when you only want part of that screen. It, you open that snipping tool by going to uh, either your, your Windows button or your search tool on Windows 10 and just typing in snipping tool and opening it up. And it actually gives you the ability to uh, do a couple different things. You can, you know, take an image of the window uh, that you have open your full screen, a rectangle, or even freeform, you can draw with the mouse what you want to copy. Um, now, there's some limitations to this as well. You need to set it up for where you want it to save, or you need to manually save that every time you capture something, right? So it, it can be a little bit cumbersome in that if you need to take a whole bunch, you're going to have to cut that out or snip it save it, pick your location, save it, and then move to your next one. So there's a couple of tools out there and I, I haven't tried a whole lot related to this because I just don't, I don't need to do as much. Generally it's one or two or three images that I'm going to grab or, or parts of the screen that I want to snip. But there, there are, I know, tools out there that, that can help with the saving part and save you a little bit of time. But that's kind of the Windows equivalent uh, of that is the, the snipping tool. From my end, I also looked at the iOS video grab to see if there's a way to actually grab video off of your cell phone or your iPad. And with iOS 11, uh, TechSmith that also does Camtasia has an a app called Capture that will allow you to be able to capture video. And then Apple also has a couple of key combinations that you can use, uh, button pressing combinations that you can use that will allow you to do video grab. Now, recently there's a controversy because some apps are building that in and, and Apple kind of wants to manage that. So apps are not allowed to kind of capture. Imagine if you're, you're doing a chat app and the person doesn't know they're being captured. So uh, I, I will put up on the website the link to TechSmith Capture app so you can look more about that if you're interested in it for your iPhone or your iPad. And also we'll put the link that is Apple support that talks about uh, gra video grabbing in iOS. There's also a screen grab option with Apple and I will, you know, I'll put that link on the website so you can look at that. So if you just want to use a key combination, uh, pressing a key combination and capture a picture of your screen off your iPhone or your, your tablet, there's an explanation on how to do that at that link. So I'll include that in the show notes. Yeah, and TechSmith actually does, uh, has a, the app is called Snagit for the Windows side that does a, a lot of the same things. I think what you'll have trouble with with, with the Android uh, side of things in terms of mobile is, you know, there's just a whole bunch of stuff out there. Um, and I haven't really come across anything that captures really well on the mo mobile platform. 
at least I haven't tested anything that works really well. But there are uh, the Snagit app seems to work really well on the Windows based platform. Again, you can't do as much with it unless you pay for the the full license. But you get the ability to, you know, have your screencast share really easily. It's really user friendly uh, and you can capture you know, short pieces of video as well as the still images and edit right within the Snagit app. I want to introduce something. I don't know if you've ever heard of this uh, and, and I'm not sure if there's anything on the Windows side, but when I thought about this in terms of capturing video, there was an app on the uh, Apple side, on the Mac side called Mouse Pose. Uh, mouse, P-O-S-E, with an accent to it. So it's like expose, but mouse pose. And it, it seems at this point, at one time it was in the App Store, and it seems at this point it's back into beta. And the beta says that it is, uh, they're working on it, so it'll work on all macOS platforms, and you can download the beta. And I went ahead and downloaded the beta and tried to run it and was running into some problems with it, but it was a really cool piece of software that basically followed your pointer around your screen. And when you had that running in the background, if you clicked on something, it would give like a ripple ring or something to identify. So the user who's watching some training video that you're attempting to do through screen capture can really focus in on where you are with your pointer because sometimes that gets lost in the process of doing these training videos or screen capture videos with that. But Mousepose was a, was a very cool app. I, I had, had owned a license for it for years. And then just since we were doing the show, I went back to see about it and saw that we're kind of stuck in, uh, in beta purgatory. Yeah, and I know there's, there's options in Camtasia to be able to do that on the Windows side. Um, and, and it's funny, you put in mouse pose and, and, and Google, and there's tons of people just talking about what the alternatives for Windows are, because I, I don't think there's a really good alternative on the Windows side. Uh, I think the expectation out there is that a lot of these screen capture programs were going to allow for this type of function within within the program. And really, the only one I can think of outside of Camtasia that actually does it uh, is Articulate or Storyline programs that are used to build kind of that interactivity. So I, I know there's a few options on the Windows side in terms of those those bigger screen capture programs, having having the mouse trail and highlight, but there's nothing just kind of native that you can get just for that purpose, like, like mouse pose. But yeah, it's one of those weird, you know, they've kind of pulled back into development and there, there's actually been a lot of talk about whether or not they were going to put out a Windows version. Yeah, you know, with Mouse Pose, one of the things is it's not just for doing screen recordings, but if I'm giving a presentation and I want to focus and I have a PowerPoint or a, a keynote up and I want to focus on a particular part of the screen or if I have a spreadsheet up, it will uh, dim all the area except the area around where the mouse pointer is. And, it, and I think it even had magnifying, so you could magnify that portion of it if you wanted to. There's just some interesting capabilities, but it, it wasn't necessarily built into just screen capturing. It was a standalone program, I think, for that purpose. Okay. And I don't think I realized that um, just in taking a look at it, that, that it was actually 
had that utility in, in live presentation as well. So if they're in beta, I hope they get out of beta soon, um, because uh, when they do, we'll try and mention it on the show. But it's a cool little program that really will help not only your your screen captures, but uh, videos, but also any of your presentations if you want to use it for presentation purposes. Right. Yeah, that's really neat. Well, I think that's all I have on my side, Marty. Did you have any additional ones you wanted to share? No. What I can tell is this is going to be a long list of apps we're going to have to talk we're going to have to type into the website, but please look for information on the website, podtalk.net, and look under our program, our podcast, and the, this particular show will have the links to the show that's available. And uh, I hope you have a good, solid week, a good kind of catch-up week. You and I both have had, uh, I've been working on podcasts and starting some new shows, and you've been working with the website. And uh, I promised I would help you more with the website and wound up getting, getting caught up with these shows, trying to get the, the production out for them. So I'm glad we had a chance to sit down today and do this. Well, you know what, Marty, when you, when you develop a website, you learn that you have hundreds, if not thousands of masters to serve, right? Uh, <laughs> your users will let you know when things come up. So, you know, there's been plenty of feedback. I, I appreciate what you've been able to get to thus far. But, you know, you, you learn as, as a developer to, uh, you know, welcome, welcome that feedback. There's a lot to manage. So as that comes in, particularly in testing, there's more than you know what to do with. So I'm just excited we're to the point where uh, it's live and, and users are having a good experience with it. So, Okay, so thank you for joining us on the Tech Savvy Professor. Look for us on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and iTunes. Our website is thepodtalk.net. You can email us at thepodtalknetwork at gmail.com. Twitter account is pod underscore network. You can find us on Facebook. And also, we have a comment or question line. So if you have a question, give us a call at 937-756-5140, whether it's a question or just a comment about the show. We'd love to hear from you, 937-756-5140. The Tech Savvy Professor is part of the PodTalk Network. The PodTalk Network is working on new podcast shows launching soon. We currently host the Faculty Meeting, Supervision Time, Positively Ethical, and Counselor Audio Source 2.0, PodTalk for Counselors. Coming soon, let's get uncomfortable a sex-positive podcast for counselors working with clients. Find out more information about the current shows and new ones coming at thepodtalk.net. 